Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I'm an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, bitches, bitches, and queers. I wanted to do a little bit of an intro for this and my next um, podcast episode. Um, Audra and I recorded them together, and they will probably also be on their podcast. Um, So we didn't really do an introduction. We just started the conversation um, before and then hit record and sort of introduced it. But both of these episodes are um, just our conversations and us chatting about whatever came to mind over coffee Um, because I realized that I can do what I want with this and that felt the nicest. So um, (laughs) this is what we're doing for just uh, for fun. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, We had a great time. Um, yeah, and we'll probably be doing a lot more like this because it was so enjoyable for us. So would love your feedback, um, on how this is for you. Um, anything, um, nice you want to say to us, we'd love to hear it. Um, also, uh, constructive support would be helpful too, if you're a podcaster and, um, you know some things. Um, (laughs) anyway, I really hope you enjoy it. Um, yeah, chats from Audra's living room floor. Little tiny cuties. Little tiny cuties. All right. Hello again. What's up? <laughs> Missed hey, you. Did you get an extra nose piercing? Um, it's fake. It's very cute. Thank you. You should absolutely get it done. I'm for going it. to. Okay. <laughs> I just. Uh, so what's funny is like my first piercing, I had this this same fake fake nose ring that Renee made me for my birthday, and I, I wore it for like two years before getting the actual one pierced. So I've been putting it here. So yes. eventually I'm gonna get that. Eventually we'll just get it done. <laughs> yeah, I think probably in the next. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, thank you. Um, love Missouri allergy season. Yeah, not editing that. <clears throat> not not editing that out. <laughs> Hi friends, this is what we do. Allergies. Um, <laughs> I think within the next like two months, I'm probably gonna get my septum pierced, and then when I stop Can I breastfeeding, with you? yes. Do you want to do that together? Yeah. You want a piercing date? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Yes, please. Oh, mm. Well, that's fun. And then Cuban is in historic moment. <laughs> yes. We're just gonna go get our septums pierced together. This is what we do. So we make plans publicly. <laughs> And then nipples pierced when I finish breastfeeding. That's yeah, like I'm not doing the gift that I'm giving myself. I'm so excited Bless you. <laughs> so excited about it. I'm like giving myself permission to embrace like I've never had real big boobs. And they like after pregnancy and nursing, they kind of became perfect. Like as far as I'm concerned because I have no back pain. And they're like, yeah. they're good boobs. I like my boobs. And I'm like giving boobs. myself permission since I don't have giant boobs. I'm at least going to have them pierced is what's going to happen. They're going to be blingy. 
Yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Hi, friends. <laughs> Welcome to nipple piercing on a Tuesday morning. Welcome to nipple piercing on a Tuesday morning. Oh my god, I should have re refreshed my coffee. My nipples are like way too sensitive. Oh. oh. See, kind of same though. That's kind of part of my reason though. Yeah, I'm not like. No, but not in a good way. No part of me wants that. No. Absolutely. I'm a little bit of a glutton for punishment. I'm so happy so like, though. Oh. I'm happy for you. Yes, I think you I look great this. on people. They're so right. I like if it's it. right, it's it's exactly right. And I think they'll be really good for for my. You like looked out your. I think they'll be good. I think they're good. <laughs> yeah. I think that this is correct. <laughs> this is the choice for okay, you. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So nipple piercing and um, what's the what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of nipple piercing? Oh god, we're gonna do a word map. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just like I love boobs. Yeah, that's what I think of when I think of nipple piercings. Is shit, I love boobs. I'm sad sometimes about like the years of my life that I did not give myself permission to love boobs. Oh, we arrived at queerness. Yeah, <laughs> is what we arrived at when I think of nipple queers, piercings. Like, I think just... of queerness. Yeah, totally. I yeah. love that. So I, it's fun because this past weekend, like, um, being with um my friends and traveling and like. Every time I get together with these friends, one of which is my brother, um, and another is a friend from high school, we, like, um, we play. I feel like that's the best definition of it. It's just we all play. And, like, we play dress-up, and we do each other's in our own makeup, and, like, we, like, share clothes, and just, like, play. And I feel like um, this, like... I don't know, just, like, happy childlike energy of, like, queerness is play. And yeah. it's permission to yes. express however you feel like in the moment. It's just so joyous and childlike and Queerness safe. is play. Yeah. I'm going to, like, hold that very close to my heart, girl, because that feels very true. Like, that's, yeah. that's, like, the energy of it is, like, anything mm -hmm. is possible. We can be anything. We can embody anything. We can, yeah. like move through the world in whatever ways feel authentic to us so the rest of it is just play. Queerness is literally just approaching life with a sense of play. That's yeah. It. Yeah. Which is why you always say like something's wrong, it's not queer enough or collaborative it's not, enough. It's not queer enough or collaborative enough. Because yep. it's not playful. It's too it's rigid. Not playful and we play is in your body. Yeah. Oh God, I'm trying so hard to like it's interesting how oh that's a throw that hit that hold. What? Um, go on, go on. <laughs> say more. Oh, say more. <laughs> um, play was never something I really felt like I had access to as a kid. Like, I didn't have um, a particularly playful childhood. My dad is <clears throat> a delightful human with a whole fucking lifetime of unhealed trauma. And in many ways, his, um, I think, mode of dealing, his, his coping mechanism for trauma has been living a very, very, very predictable and controllable life. Mm. And play is not predictable. Yeah. Fun is not predictable. Human relationship is not predictable. So in many ways, I grew up with this delightful human who is very cut off from his capacity to experience fun, play, yeah, spontaneity. Um, because mm. all of it just feels so viscerally unsafe. I can yeah. see him when, like, 
like even in moments where the family is having fun and he's witnessing the family having fun, there's just such a, like a deep visceral discomfort with it. Mm. Like sometimes to the point that he'll like leave yeah. and like go make up something to do somewhere else so that he doesn't have to like be in proximity yeah. to it. Um, but what's interesting about that is like, I don't have, like we didn't do family vacations. We didn't do like amusement parks or like mm -hmm. big birthday parties or any of the things. And I, I think in retrospect, a lot of that had to do with just like predictability was the foundation of my dad's sense of safety. Huh. And yeah. so like play is not something that comes easily to me at all. Mm. Oh my God. Not at all. It's like, it's, it is literally, I get panicky about it. I did my first time in the middle of my first D&D &D campaign right now. Um, and it's all role Dungeons play. <laughs> yes. Okay. D&D &D means a few different things, I think. Yes. So I wanted to clarify. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I'm doing my first campaign right now. And it's all very spontaneous. And you're like role playing. And it's very in the moment. The first few sessions that I did, I literally was on the verge of a panic attack the entire time because I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do this right. I don't know how to do this right. It's, oh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to just like be here in this and like play. Uh -huh. um, so it's so interesting because I think maybe that's why queerness has felt so profound to me mm -hmm. because it is the first form of play that I have felt safe in because it's like existential play. Mm -hmm. huh. I've never like processed queerness as directly being play before and I've never connected that to the fact that play doesn't come naturally to me mm -hmm. but like the embodiedness of my the embodiment of my queerness words are hard <laughs> um, the it's embodiment fine. of my queerness has felt like a place to play yeah. Like, that's, like, what gender euphoria, like, when people talk about gender euphoria, um, anytime I, like, look in the mirror and I feel like a, an outfit is, like, specific, like, particularly playful, I'm immediately just, like, oh, my God, yes, this. Yeah. Like, yes, this. Yeah. Yeah, queerness has been my first exploration of play. That's a thing I had not connected. You're welcome. Thank you. We were actually at a club this past weekend called Play. Mm. <laughs> it was... Definitely a lot of queer people there, and I was like, this feels so right. <laughs> I love, and I would love to hear more about, because I, I feel like this is an element of your life that I have been like, even before we were really like friends, um, I feel like this is an element of your life that I've been aware of and kind of like low-key watching for years. <laughs> um, like clubbing? <laughs> yeah, just like your like willingness to embrace like party and play. Mm. as like almost like it feels from the outside like it's a spiritual discipline. Oh, yeah. Like, like just, yes. like, a thing that you actively engage in that makes you better as a person. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear you, like, say, hey, just, like, say more about this weekend and what that felt like. Because yeah. I know that it was just a really fucking fun weekend. Yeah. Um, and also just, like, what play feels like for you and why that's always been something that you, like, prioritize. Even as a mother. That's yeah. one of the things I respect <laughs> the most about you. Thanks for naming that. I appreciate oh, it. I fucking love that about you. Yeah, you know, like, um, pl a play brought me back to my body. Mm. So, like, my my deconstruction started when I had access to my hips through hula, mm -hmm. which if you've been following us for a while, you've heard this conversation. I was living in Hawaii, and I took a hula class through the church. I was taught by a Hawaiian woman. 
Um, she actually gave me permission to like teach hula to other people by the time I left, but I never felt right about that. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm white. Because um, <laughs> maybe not. But I I loved it because I had like I had just such a restriction about how I move my body so that I wouldn't cause other people issues. And um, so like learning hula, I gained access to my hips and I. I practiced like I never practiced or played with anything before. Like I listened to all kinds of music that wasn't meant to be hula to, and I would just like do the movement by uh -huh. myself. And it was just like this profound like experience for me. So like I I just like also like also all the play that I've had in my life because my parents were like somewhat reserved, but like um, more so now than they used to be when I was little. And my mom has always been very curious. So is my dad. They're very exploratory, especially when it comes to science and like learning. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love so, that. So like play wasn't play wasn't too hard for me. Um, it is in some ways, but like, but when I moved to Kansas City and um, was living with my brother and his wife at the time, like, <laughs> we're all you know <laughs> um, very different now than we used to be then, and like there was just this like this desire to have fun. And like my brother has always been someone who's just like weaned into the fun. So like our first dance party took place in Kansas City. And I I still to this day don't dance like one is quote unquote supposed to. <laughs> no, I, I always fucking move how it feels great to move. Always. That's how I have fun. And yeah. like... You play. And like, I literally, play. you play. I literally just play and jump around. And, like, it's so funny, like, to... You, like, immediately notice when there's, like, someone in the area who's, like, there with the same intentions. Because you yeah. just, like, see it in their eyes. Yes. Like, there's the people who are just, like, yeah, like, I'm serious. Or, like, yep. I'm here to, like, you know, hook up. Or I'm, like, here to yep. look cool or whatever it is. There's, like, an externally driven motivator for them. Yeah. Being there. And then you can yeah. see the people who are just, like, ah. <laughs> and that's what that's what I'm like looking for you know I mean not really but like that's who ends up finding each yeah. other in these places and like for me it does feel euphoric like with or without alcohol like I when I first started dancing I did not drink um and then I've had nights where I've drank a lot and now I don't drink much anymore either I just like it doesn't really matter to me it's not about that to me it's about like I have an open emotional center in human design. Mm -hmm. So going with people who are in the same frame of mind and having like a beautiful experience and just letting their energy in and like just allowing that to like fuel this incredible joy that I get to have in community yes. with these people is just like a fucking brilliant time. And like, I can't, I can't live without dancing and like, I, I met these uh, girls in El Salvador once, um, five years ago now, I think five or six years ago. Wow, seven. Damn, it's been a while. It's tough. Anyway. Time is weird. Anyway, this girl, um, <clears throat> one of the girls that was there was like, um, she was like, yeah, I don't do drugs. She was like, music is my drug. And I was like, <coughs> I was like, okay. You know, like I didn't really understand because I didn't do drugs or drink or anything mm -hmm. at that point. But I was just like, I was like, oh, like, for sure, music touches something in me yes, that nothing else can touch. Mm -hmm. And like, dancing with a group of people to me is like, what worship was always meant to be. Yes. Where everyone is like, 
as excited as you are to be there. And like, there is this level of like, I'm going to choose to be in my own energy in this space and embrace the energy of those around me. But like in a Christian worship service, it always felt like an act of like, like, so I've always felt like I should stand up and raise my hands, right? That was like a thing. Mm But no one else was ever doing that. And if they were, it was still, like, uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was, like, you were a spectacle. And I, yeah, and it had to be yeah. done in a, like, you know, there was a certain framework for it. You couldn't just, like, vibe to it. It was always, like, performative. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you had to, like, nail the exact right, like, texture of performance. There was a wrong way to move. There was church. a wrong... Oh, you God, there were your so hips. You know, there was move. rules. And... It's just, it was just like, oh, like this, this is how this can be. And also there's people here who think like all kinds of different things and it's great. And that's great. Yeah. It's great. And none of that, like none of that matters. No. Yeah. I remember having that same sensation of like, oh God, it was a Glenn Hansard concert we went to, um, in, I want to say 2016. It was right around the time that like my deconstruction really started ramping up. And I remember going to this concert and there was this one song that he did and it was completely acoustic and he was just like standing on the edge of the stage and it was at, um, oh, at the Uptown here Mm -hmm. in Kansas City. And so like smallish venue and literally every single person in the room was dead silent. Like I've never seen anything like it, like that many people at the same time and every last one of us were just like on the edge of our seats like listening to this man (laughs) sing um and the song was bird of sorrow and it was fucking beautiful god it was like gut-wrenching but beautiful Mm. and the whole room i remember this sensation of being like this is what i want church to feel like Mm. because everyone in the same room everyone in this room was so like wholehearted Mm -hmm. in what they were witnessing. It was like the most wholehearted witness I have ever experienced on a group level. And my brain was just like, this is what I want it to feel like. I had the same sensation. The first concert I went to after COVID was um, Dermot Kennedy, but Bishop Briggs opened for him and was fucking phenomenal. And it was just like, her set was pure chaos, like high energy, so fucking brilliant. I think that human runs sprints while doing like, um, rehearsals and stuff to like, <laughs> like get, she, she has to, um, but like such high energy. It was like the polar opposite of the Glenn Hansard experience, but I had that exact same sensation of like everyone in the room was so fucking engaged mm. with the like same sense of like wholeheartedness and single-mindedness, everyone was so present yeah. and present in such different ways, like whatever felt correct to them. Like you said, there were no rules. There was no like way of engaging that was expected or wrong. Mm. And that's what I wanted the church to feel like. Yeah. That's play. That's how the drag show felt this past weekend. Oh, I'll say more. It was, it was like, uh, this one performer, she um, I don't know what song she sang because I'm terrible with musicians. I'm 90% sure it was Beyonce. Um, and like, as she sang, like, all of us were just like following her every move. And like, we're just so yes. enraptured by her. And like, the best part was like, at near the very end, like, everything had come to a climax. Everyone is just like, 
just like leaning in, mm-hmm. literally leaning like, in. Like could not help themselves, yep. And like oh. people started cheering and she just like, she welcomed it. And she waited and like let everyone yes. cheer and like hand on her heart, like just, just this like. It. She received it. Yes, like yeah. fully. And I was like, this is fucking incredible. For someone to like feel so embodied in that moment to like stop and receive what was being given to them is just like fucking incredible. And it was like to witness that and to like witness like the response of everyone. And like, I was like, it was unlike anything else holy I've seen in my entire life. It was so cool. I want so badly. They have this like long-term dream. I feel like you're the right person to talk to about this because <laughs> you probably know people who would also subscribe to this dream. I have this long-term dream. I want to host a burlesque show using worship music exclusively. Like all of the songs that were like a part of the system. So like Oceans is one that comes to mind. Yeah. Reckless Love. Yeah. Um, like all I actually actually have a playlist on Spotify because every time I come across a song that I'm like oh my god this would be a fucking incredible burlesque like piece um but like this very queer very sexy very embodied interpretation (laughs) of these songs we need to talk to Madison Morgan who is who we need to be talking to right now Oh, I'm pretty I sure she already has like a the, persona the, the I mean, yep. sort right out. Yep. Yes. Mm. But I like, I have such instincts toward like when you were describing that moment of like having this performer who just like is so embodied in the moment yeah. and just like receives the connection that the, cause that's what's happening is like the audience was trying to connect with her Yeah, and she just like, She's like fucking allowed it. Yeah. Like she just allowed connection over performance. Right. And that. That's incredible. Want so much more of that. I want to create more spaces for that. (laughs) I love, I love that idea. We were actually talking on this weekend about how like some, some worship music just like fucking bops. Listen. Damn, this shit is like. I'm going to begin my TED talk. (laughs) I mean, I mean, homophobic (laughs) is all hell when it comes down to it. Like. Queer at its core. Queer at its core. I have <laughs> such a theory, and it's like this is born of like quite a bit of quite a bit of experience in worship circles. But like, um, one of the things as a worship pastor that I like noticed and started. Hold to up, you were a worship pastor. <laughs> Why did I not know? This? We're gonna have to do another podcast. Okay, okay. On the evolution of the past seven years of my life. Yeah, I mi- I missed lot. that piece. It's I don't know been how... a fucking lot. Um. <laughs> But yeah, there's like one of the things that I like started to deconstruct as I began to really like allow my sexuality and my spirituality to become entwined the way that it is now. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I started to realize was that I think a lot of the emotions and embodied energy that people bring to a worship service is actually sexual energy that ha- they have nowhere else to go with. <laughs> I know that was true for me. Like, I absolutely 100% know that was true for me. Like, I remember being in so many worship services, and there was just, like, this embodied sensation. so horny. (laughs) Yes, literally. I'm like, like, take this burden away from me. Way that I could, like, express. Yeah. Because, like, the emotional. Oh, Molly. Molly is who I want to talk to about this. I was like, wait. (laughs) 
I didn't rate. This is a rated for drugs. This is a rated for drugs. No. What? Molly. Uh, yes. No. The Darling Revolution. Yes. Um, who also was a worship leader. Yeah. 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 Um. So I was. Oh God. I've got their like, interview coming up earmarked next week. I not yeah. wait to hear it. God, yes. I love that human. Um, I'm going to earmark Molly for more of this conversation, but yeah. one of the things that like is so interesting to me is the way that like music is inherently such an embodied thing. Sure, like, we are yeah. like wired to have a physiological response to music. Yeah. We're and literally so, like, vibrating from yes, the inside out. To yeah. It's literally a vibration. Your own vibrator. Really? <laughs> literally. I am my own vibrator. Well, yes, <laughs> in a vast number of ways. Um, yes. Welcome, friends, to our podcast. Nipple piercings and self-vibration. Um, you didn't know you were getting this in the morning, did you? And we sip. Um, no, but, like, that was such a, like, in in for me, because I was, I have always been such an embodiment oriented person even when I didn't have access to that I'm very physical I'm very physically aggressive um my like sexual awakening happened very young Mm -hmm. and I had nowhere to go with it but like their like worship music is built it's literally built to create emotional highs and lows that lead to a climax and then drop you off the edge of the cliff and then they go back to the climax it's literally like that's how worship, like... That's so funny to think about. <laughs> like, intentionally, too. Like, as someone who wrote worship music, like, I would intentionally weave sure. in, like, yeah. a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, the point of which was the climax. Okay, analogies for life. Come analogies through. for life. It's like, ex- Molly and I, are our most recent conversation, which will eventually be dropped at the podcast, um, we termed it um, spiritual edging. Yes. Like that's that's exactly yes. that's exactly what that's worship music what feels is. like yeah. to me. And there are so many so Damn. many moments when I just want to like drop that on a on a Sunday morning. My friend Josh like, would be obsessed with this conversation. Just for what it's worth. Like I think mm. there's a reasonable chance the reason you love worship music so much is it gives you access to a very like primal, physical, and borderline sometimes entirely sexual part of yourself. Yeah. That you don't feel safe to embody anywhere else because it's connected to Jesus. Because you're you're allowed to enjoy it. Yeah, you're allowed to enjoy it because this is you expressing love for God. Listen. Set it down. Mic drop. Dissertation coming. Damn. Dissertation to follow. Spiritual edging. Spiritual edging. When Molly and I said, I don't remember who which of us like named that out loud, but we just lost our shit because we were like, yes. That's, no, that's, that's exactly it. what it is. Yeah. Exactly what it is. But the, okay, like even you describing that, I'm just like, oh my god, this is this is literally, like we, we've talked. I know about like the cyclical nature of life, right? It's yes. not linear. But I think like even in you describing like the flow of like a sexual experience, or in yes. this case, a spiritual experience, is like the the like flow of like mm-hmm. up and down and up and down yes. and then like all building to a climax mm-hmm. and then you go down and then you start over yes but like isn't that literally like learning and like having epiphanies and like going through like you know leaning into something that feels good like whether it's knowledge like physical touch or a spiritual experience or like you just lean like a person you meet you yes. lean into that energy because it feels good and you move in that direction you move until love. it builds into something 
And then you start the process over again. The same energetic profile playing out in different aspects of life. Mm -hmm. In different relationships. What's the mathematical equation? Because this has to be like, this has to be like the the language of the universe. Of course it comes out. This is why sex is spiritual to me. Yeah. This is why. Yeah. It's just like, it's all the same like. Yes. It's all the same stuff. Like I have, Mm -hmm. it's just like playing out on a different energetic plane. Yes. Like it's playing out in my body instead of in my like intellect. Whereas it, which would be the case for like if I'm learning something or in my like emotional world, in as in like the case of like falling in love. Yes. It's all the same ebbs and flows and ebbs and flows, climax points. Yes. Drop, start over. Uh The whole world is fucking sex. That's what I'm saying. The whole whole world is fucking sex. Where is where is oh, the nice. emphasis? Great at this. Great at words. Wow, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. I love this because it's like because I and we had this conversation over the weekend that really just like I I loved and I, I talked to my brother and about this too is just like the this concept of like um, winning and competition mm. like this um, because I've been thinking about the the idea of like um, like patriarchy is a hierarchy right it's yeah. hierarchical like. If I win, you can't win, essentially. Yes, yes. Zero so sum. Nope. there's, like, problems with, like, so many problems with this, like, with, um, like, I win and so you can't have what I have, etc. But there's also the problem with, like, the, for the person who, who wins because, like, then you, you, like, you are rushing towards the climax. Mm-hmm. You are, you are, like, head down, nose to the grind to try to get to the finish, right? Tell you what, it's, like, lots of people in this zone right here. Because they want the experience of the high, yeah. but they don't want to, like, but that's all they're chasing. Yes. Like, the problem with this is, like, you you rush to the end of something. Oh, just dancing. You move. You're taking me to a great place. You Go move on. to, I'm like, so this, this end zone, and you miss the experience of your life. Yeah. And you only get, you, you also get way less joy in your life. Yeah. Because you're not getting, your joy is all bent on the end. Mm. But if you allow yourself instead to say, no, like life is a cycle of these highs and lows mm-hmm. and of this process and the journey, yep. and you allow yourself joy in the process of moving towards something, you get like one bajillion times the joy and you still get the fucking climax. And the climax is better. It's better. It's better. It's better. <sighs> Ted talk number two. <laughs> We both take a sip. I was like, oh, I need a drink. God, I'm going to need some more coffee. I just started the last one. So this for me, like you're just des- describing so much of my experience in the difference between pleasure-centered sex and orgasm-centered sex, which for me there it is. has yes. come down to queer sex versus yep. heteronormative sex. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting things to me, and and I've kind of like gotten to witness this on a different scale because I, I enter into like intimate relationship with new people quite frequently. So like, it's a, I'm I'm like starting to notice the patterns and all this stuff and like, um, the energetics at the beginning. And what's really interesting to me is how like in the beginning, when you first meet someone, there's like this really big emphasis on like the buildup. Hmm. And like, like, you know, that feeling where you can just yeah. like fucking make out for hours. New relationship it's, energy. Oh, it's right? so good. It's so good. 
And then, like, at some point, it's like we we lose that. We lose, like, the focus becomes less about the process and the lead up and, like, the foreplay and all of the things. You're just, like, trying to essentially get to the climax and call it good. Mm. And, like, I just think this is one of the things I've been so grateful about, uh, grateful for in terms of, like, my own, like, spiritual and sexual evolution um, is that one of the things that I'm leaning into is I don't have any desire to ever get to that place again hmm. where all I'm after is the climax because I've figured out that, like, the process itself is so fucking pleasurable. Mm-hmm. And the process, if I can, like, live within the tension of waiting... Because that's what people don't want to do. Yeah, they don't want to do. Yeah, they want to live in the like. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I am polar opposite. Like I could live and die in sexual tension. Like that energetic is one <laughs> of my fa- fucking It's fantastic. Favorites. It's so good. And like, <laughs> so I'm learning for myself because I enjoy that so much to like milk that for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. But like, I think there is this compulsion, and I think it's driven in ways by a fucking capitalist society mm-hmm. wherein productivity is king. And like, Production. unless you get to the like destination quickly, like the faster you can get to the destination, the faster you can move on to the next thing. Right. And I, I just don't have any interest in doing things that way anymore in any area of my life. Like yeah. whether it's like in any of my sexual experiences, like I want to milk the process for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. And the climax is going to benefit from that. Like, Every I mean, single yes. fucking time. Every time. Literally, you just said, like, in a new relationship, it's all about the build-up to yes. the first time, right? Yeah. Yeah. All that build-up is what got you to this amazing yes. first time. Why would you expect that, like, you know... If you just cut out the first Just cut part, out the... It's going to be as good. It's not... You're chasing the first high without using the formula. Yes. It has been so interesting, like, um... Part of this is, like, I... I... I have a type, and one of my the components of my type is I love people who are on SSRIs, um, <laughs> which very like commonly yes. leads to like conversations about like I have a hard time climaxing. Like I really fucking love sex, but I have a really hard time climaxing because antidepressants. Um, I love people. Oh, I, I love broody people. Anyway, um, like, but one of the the things that has come from that is a decentering of climax from sex for me. Mm-hmm. Like there are a number of relationships that I've had where it's like, it doesn't even fucking matter if anybody gets off. Like we're just going to have a lot of fun along the way. And like, yeah. um, decentering the climax in favor of the journey mm-hmm. has been without question the number one thing that has like given me the hottest sex of my life. Like yeah. the best. Yeah. And it's literally just because we decentered the end. The end goal, the outcome. Like we, yeah. we took away an anticipated outcome and then it just beca- became about play. But yeah, I'm like, where the <laughs> and we're fu- back to play. Yeah, again. we're back to play. Like where what the fuck happens to your life if you were just moving to get to milestones and moving to get to goals? No. Like, yes, goals mm-hmm. and yes, milestones. But, like, life is in the morning coffee and oh. forehead kisses and, oh, like, snuggles at night mm-hmm. and, like, is in this, like, everyday moment that leads to those mm-hmm. things. And I love that you named sitting with attention because that is so true in your emotional yes. growth as well. Oh, because yeah. you, you have a question, right? Yes. You're always sitting with the question of, like, the tension of, like, I want this thing. 
but I'm afraid that like, how do I do that in this world? How do I do that in this, whatever it is, whatever that question is you were sitting with, you have to sit with in order to get to somewhere with it. And And no one else is going to give you that. No, and it's that part is so, especially in an emotional landscape, that's so tender. Like it's so tender to sit with the question of, like for me, it's always the, what would it feel like if I mm-hmm. blank? Those, mm-hmm. That's what those questions look like for me. Mm-hmm. So like one of the ones I'm, I, I've been sitting with recently is like, what would it feel like in my body if I had relationships that I really allowed myself to rely on? Like mm-hmm. deeply just like mm-hmm. trust in. Yeah. And sitting with that question, oh my God, has been so fucking tense because it's brought up all of the reasons why I don't, haven't been doing that for a while now. Like it brings up all of the grief and all of the losses and all of the little like micro abandonments along, along the course of my life. Mm -hmm. And so like sitting in that tension of what would it feel like to be in relationships where I allow myself to like do the deep dive of like letting myself actually rely on the existence of another person in my life that tension in an emotion I get why people don't do it I get why it's easier to rush to the climax like you just want to know what the end is going to look like yeah because that tension you want a solution in our hearts is so fucking raw it's so raw to try to sit with that but I love that approach like Mm -hmm. my favorite questions are like what if like what if I did this like yes, what, yes. Would it, what would it feel like what yep. would it look like because what like that's like that's such a gentle way mm-hmm. of like exploring something yes because yeah. it's not like I'm going to yet uh-huh. like hold up you yeah. know like it, it's just what if god can you sit with what if can you sit with what if god <laughs> and that's the that's the hardest part is like and I think you're probably similar in this is if I get curious about a thing and I let myself sit in the tension, it's going to happen. Eventually. It's yes. going to happen eventually. Yes. And there's like tenderness in that too. I yeah. have had so many, I remember one of the, um, one of the last dates I went on first dates in, um, 2021 was with this fucking delightful person, like absolute joy. Conversation was easy and fun and like, like, fun like sparky chemistry on paper it was really good and yet there were like there was like an energetic mismatch that I kept feeling Mm -hmm. and I couldn't like assign it a name or anything tangible so I kept like trying to tell myself this this is actually quite a lovely date like this is nice um but I remember my brain at some point in the middle of that day went but what if, would it be like, what would it feel like to be with an equal? And I like flinched at that really hard because I was like, hey, that sounds super fucking arrogant. Like that's yeah. an arrogant thing to think. So I like had to sit with it. I did some like cannabis meditations around it. And what I figured out was it wasn't an equal in terms of like someone who is as good as me or right, as involved yeah. as me. It's not worth. No, it's not worth. It's like, um like an energetic match. Right. Like yeah. what would it feel like to be with someone with whom it's just easy? Like like our brains work on the same kind of like wavelength. 
we're both invested on the same level. We both have like, like you were talking about earlier, like that flow, like be in the flow of the river and see who's there. Right. See who's like just meeting you there. What would it be like to be with an equal in that way? And as soon as that thought crossed my mind, I was like, oh, fuck. Nope. Here we go. Now I got to pick up somebody. No. So like, and like that was actually quite fine because it was only a first date and it was lovely. It was just like, I, and so I could kind of like, transition He's right out. <laughs> but but I, I just knew in my brain I was like oh no what's coming next isn't equal and that's gonna require things of me. yeah like that's gonna require things of oh. me and I don't want it god yeah and it's gonna require vulnerability I think that's why one of the reasons people shy away from the what if questions and the mm-hmm. like acknowledgement of like what we would really like that doesn't currently exist. The acknowledgement of like which particular climax we would like to start making our way to next. And so like, I'm in this season of like, energetic matching with Mm -hmm. so many people in my life. And there's so much tenderness in that because I have to like, develop the capacity to be with equals. Yeah. Develop the capacity to like sit with, we just keep coming full circle to exactly what we're talking about first thing this morning. Like how, um, if I begin entering into relationships with people who are deeply aligned with me, those relationships will be the most vulnerable I've ever had. They will mirror back parts of myself that still need to be healed. Mm -hmm. They will mirror back pieces of my own power that I have abdicated to this point Mm -hmm. because I'll see shit in them that I'm like, Oh God, I love that about you. And then I'll inevitably be like, Oh shit, that's in me. I just like abandoned it. And now I have to go get it. Um, So like now I'm, what I'm doing is the work of being with equals. Mm. And I understand why people don't want the tension of that because I haven't hit the climax point in any of those relationships. It's literally just like we're in the tension of like, oh, no, (laughs) this is going to require a lot more of me than anything ever has before. And that's good. And also humans don't like sitting in the tension. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a lot of tension. You got to be, I mean, ready to be stretchy. Yeah. In that area. And also you have to have capacity for it. Yes. Yep. Because relationships require energy. And we yeah, are, so we don't have energy. an endless amount of that. No. I have to pee really bad. Yeah, pee. Okay. Yeah. So at the end of the episode. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah, pee. Love you all. I love you. Bye. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a vision day.